0: What up, Branch?
1: What up, Uncle Johnny?
0: What up, people? It's Uncle Johnny and the Professor Podcast. We're back at you again. We just hope y'all are well during this pandemic and during all these changes in our society. Our Lord is still on the throne. Uh, This is the day he's made and we rejoice and we're glad about it. And we hope that y'all are too. We're just stopping by to drop another episode. And actually, this episode is one that we actually held on to from our first season. And we want to thank all of y'all for, you know, following us and just the the way the podcast has been going has been overwhelming, just your responses and how much you like it. We thank you for your likes, for your follows, for your subscribes to the channel. Uh, We appreciate y'all. But there was a there was an episode that we held on to at the time as we started going into our season two and more of our live series. Now that we can't, you know, be together, we look forward to the times when we can be together and, you know, produce this a little differently or more similar than what, you know, to what we we've been used to. But uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about, you know, this episode, uh, Professor? You
1: we know, held we held on to it for some reason. It just didn't seem like the time was right, and lo and behold. Uh, The time couldn't be more ripe for this episode. We've entitled it, Why Reconciliation Tarries? Mm -hmm. Why Reconciliation Tarries? Mm -hmm. Sort of a play off that classic. If you've ever heard the book, Why Revival Tarries? By Leonard Ravenhill. Uh, It's all about, he he basically wants to know, why is it that we don't see revival more often? Uh, And it's because a certain climate within the church has hindered the, re- the revival. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, in similar fashion, this episode uh, looks at our society right now and acknowledges that, man, it just feels like reconciliation is needed, but it seems like reconciliation seems more out of reach maybe than it ever has for some of us. Mm-hmm. And so the question you know, is asked, why is reconciliation always so hard to attain? And if you attain it, why does it seem so hard to keep it? And so right now we need it. And we figured we'd have an episode that first looks inward, Uh, our squad, our tribe. uh, You know, we come from that hip hop and that urban and that Christian blend. Uh, And even in-house, revival seems to tarry. Some people think it's the problem is just between white and black and and the church and society. Mm -hmm. No, even in the church and among Christians, the people who believe similarly, people who have a similar take on the gospel, people who have a similar take on how to engage this, this present moment, still seem to wrestle with a reconciliation among themselves. So before we talk about the current climate and the the lack of reconciliation in the world today, we said, let's run that old episode where we shine the camera lens inward to our own tribe and our own people and say, why is it that reconciliation tarries among us? And then once we look at that, we're going to come with part two and do a whole nother podcast that's on why reconciliation seems to tarry in America uh, and in this present moment.
0: Yeah. So don't get confused. It's not old in the sense that you've seen it before. We've never released this. So uh, like the professor said, we think it's apropos right now and relevant. So we hope that y'all enjoy it. Again, thank you for your follows. Thank you for sharing uh, this podcast. Thank you for your subscriptions, You're subscribing to the channel. And we look forward to reading your comments and just the different things uh, that you have to say. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Uh, Why Reconciliation Tarries. Enjoy. God bless y'all. Welcome everybody. Another episode of Uncle Johnny and the Professor, where again, we look to discuss various things theologically, sociologically, all the other leads that you'd like to add, if it makes sense for us to talk about them. Just two dudes who have journeyed a bit in life and have done a lot of it together. And so our customers that have a lot of conversations of our own over the years, whether it's on the phone or in person. And now we've opened that up to a lens and to you, we wanna wanna share our hearts and also at some point, maybe even hear from you and your heart. But please, uh, we're asking that you support this podcast. Don't forget to like, share it with your friends, subscribe to our channel. And we look uh, forward to having a, a great effect. We're spoiled. We saw God do something um, some years ago, something that has rippled even to this day and that we can't get away from. And we look forward to an encore, maybe in a different way, maybe in a way reimagined now in light of our time. So we ask and solicit your support and your prayers. So welcome. Yeah. Let's get into it.
1: Hmm. This episode... We've tagged the Reconciliation Blues. Mm. Ideal or real? Reconciliation. Ideal or real? I got a a confession, Uh, Uncle Johnny. I'm jealous. I've been provoked to jealousy. Mm. I've been looking at the hip-hop scene, pop culture in general, but in particularly, I've envied Something that I've seen within the hip-hop context mm. that I lament, I have not seen as robustly in our own tribe, among our own uh, body of Christ, especially not the body of Christ that we have a lot of relational contact with, mm. and that is high-profile like accounts of reconciliation that they eagerly put on display to encourage the broader demographic who never wanted to see them fight or uh, broken up anyway. Hmm. Um, I go all the way back to originally when East Coast and West Coast was at each other's throats. Hmm. And after the death of Tupac and Biggie, I remember, uh, again, the Snoop Dogs at that time, the Dr. Dre's at that time, the Bad Boy Entertainment side with Puff Daddy and some of the others, I remember them saying, "Why are we fighting? Mm. There's too much money out here." So money became their uh, impetus for reconciling, no longer beefing with one another, mm. but coming together. I think about Nas and Jay Z. Jay Z and Nas had, you know, these iconic diss records against one another. Jay Z with the Takeover, and Nas with Ether, and uh, they had—they both were New York you know kingpins and yet they were notoriously divided and uh, and then one day they made amends and one night before a capacity crowd up from the floor of the stage they come back to back symbolizing and showing off that those who were once enemies were now friends. Mm. Uh, I think about 50 Cent and Fat Joe uh 50 Cent battled Fat Joe along with J.D. Kiss and some others uh, on his song, uh, Piggy Bank, <laughs> off the Massacre album. Mm-hmm. And 50 Cent and Fat Joe were at each other's necks. They couldn't stand each other. And then their common manager, somebody who had managed managed them, Chris Lighty, uh, died. And they both made amends with one another and they came out together on stage, holding each other's hands and They used to constantly affirm each other even after that, beyond that moment. And uh, 50 was asked, why? What made you and Fat Joe come together? He said, that's what Chris, who died, it it was his desire for as long as he was living for us to be friends, not enemies. And now that he's died, we're honoring that. Uh, That desire. I always think about how there is one who died, whose very life and whose very uh, admonition is that we would be one, that Christians and believers would be one with one another. Um, And yet the one who died and also rose uh, should be the reason why we put our differences down and we come back together. More recently, how about Drake and Meek Mill? Mm. Drake and Meek Mill, very, very high profile Uh, Argument, um, arguments. They both did diss records. Drake was very, very, uh, um, was believed to have won. Um, Drake won that beef. Um, He had a song, um, what was it? Back Up? No,
0: what was it? Back to Back.
1: Back to Back, yeah. Back to Back. And uh, people, I mean, sang it. Uh, He supposedly bodied them with that. And they were at each other's throats. Meek Mill responded and Man, it was ugly at one time. And then one day, somebody caught Meek Mill listening to Back to Back, the song that devastated him, the Mm. song that dissed him. And they said, "Um, why are you listening to that? He said, because we're family now. Turns out that Drake had advocated for him when Meek Mill went went to jail. Mm. And he basically said, we're all brothers. Why are we fighting? Uh, And so now they ended up doing a song together on uh, the more recent album. Uh, and, and then lastly, I think about Jay-Z and Cameron and Jim Jones and Dipset for people who know those rap groups. But they were very, very, um, they were at odds with one another. They were very, very tense in their dispute. And yet just recently, Jay uh, and the whole Dipset crew came out on the same stage and confessed that we are no longer enemies. We are friends. Mm. I look at that long string and I say, where are our high profile, where, are the, where is our eagerness to put on display that those whose relationship had been apart, those whose relationship had been nothing noble, nothing glorious, whether it's we were at each other's throats or we just were uh, indifferent to one another. How come we, are, we don't have a string, a track record of reconciliations that we can put on display so that all the people that know that we were once at odds can know that we are not because of the gospel because that becomes the greatest credibility that we have to the true nature and the power of the gospel why is it that the unbelievers have reconciliation as their goal and they don't just reconcile and and then move on like a lot of people say we can reconcile but we don't have to be friends again we can reconcile but i don't mean we have to hang together we can reconcile i always hear that from christians Mm they reconcile and then they went out on stage to show it off to the hip-hop world and the media covered it and it spread. Their reconciliation gets publicized because they want it to. It's not just the media hears that they're friends, they actually become friends and they publicize it. And what I'm saying is I'm jealous because I know of relationships that are anything but reconciled and there seems to be no determination to reconcile nor an eagerness to publicize it.
0: So two things, one, a lot of the ones that you listed, I mean, these are examples coming from the world. Do you think that they are, would you say they are, this is the same type of reconciliation? Like you think this is I'm not here to judge it. I'm just saying like do you think it's like genuine mm-hmm. reconciliation? Um like again, I think when I think about the music industry wh- where we both have been close enough to it to be able to know something more than just normal people trying to peer in, but just the different ulterior motives and whatever like is yeah. it reconciliation if it's oh I need to do this public cause so much like with the the advent of social media and all that, everything's about posting and clout and clicks and like basically trolling or doing things for a show rather than like sometimes whether or not it's real. So whether right. it's Right, you know, six, nine going around the country, showing up in everybody's hood, like, yo, I'm here, and I'm just letting y'all know, you know y'all know, you ain't gonna keep me out your hood, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it all all of it be really, because that's what skyrockets numbers. You know what I mean? That's right. what makes people look on um, in a certain way. So I guess right. the okay. first question was, because there's a part of me that, it's not that I'm not open, because I think I am a person that's open to reconciliation I just don't like the
1: okay, the fake stuff. So, yeah. let me just say Is it true they hated each other? Was that true? Was it true that 50 and, and, and Fat Joe disliked each other? Sure. Would not say anything complimentary about each other? Sure. Would not come together and do anything together? Right. Jay Z and Nas, were they, I mean, okay. Um, Drake and Meek Mill, yeah. Um, and so,
0: but I guess my question is, is there is there a need to have a greater point of reconciliation? No, other absolutely. Than um, yeah,
1: I, I, got, okay. I, I got you. What I was saying was, first, we need to ask ourselves, is this an example of reconciliation? Not necessarily the biblical definition of reconciliation, but reconciliation, period. Because the biblical reconciliation is going to be reconciliation, with a whole new rationale. It's not right. going to be less than, it's going to be more than. Right. So the question is, like, what we have is less than what the world has. That's my point. That's the jealousy. What we have are relationships and gaps, chasms. So I, I, I take you to Ephesians uh, chapter two, where it says, you who were once far off have been brought near. That a picture of reconciliation is the far off have been brought near. Mm-hmm. Uh, The one who was not in the same picture Is now in the same picture The one who was an enemy Is now a friend Or the one who was excluded from the table Excuse me Is now seated at the table So that's reconciliation No matter who we're talking about Mm -hmm. And no matter what the motivation is Um, So but 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 anything the world can do Is nothing to really boast about When Jesus said what credit is you The Gentiles do that So but what I'm saying is if the believer doesn't even have that. And I use the parallel that that it was the death and the wish and desire of Chris Lighty that 50 and Fat Joe said, man, we came to our like it it dawned on us while he was living. He wanted us to be friends. We didn't do it when he died. His death impressed upon us his desire for us in life Mm -hmm. well once again these are just parallels these are just analogous of something we see or don't see in the scriptures the bible does that often it uses natural parallels to make the point from the greater i mean from the lesser to the greater you know if you know how to give a bread and not a, you know a stone to your kids Mm Again, like, you think God doesn't know how to give good gifts, doesn't know how to give you his Holy Spirit, from the lesser to the greater, you know? If you being wicked, then how much the Father, you know? So it's from the lesser to the greater. Um, He who did not spare his own son, will he not give us all things from the greater to the lesser? If he give, he wouldn't spare his son, wouldn't he give you something that's more minor than that, more menial? Well, I'm saying that um, the picture of reconciliation, the definition of reconciliation is exchange to exchange one state for another. And so that's what it means. So the Christians, Paul is uniquely Pauline. Paul picks this up and he does it, especially in 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 18, where Paul basically says this. Paul says, all this, which is new creation, verse 17, new creation, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. What does that mean? It just means that what he did was he took us from being his enemies to his friend. What what did he do? He took us from being on his hit list, objects of wrath, to being on his his grace list, uh, objects of mercy. So again, he switched our position. He switched our condition. Mm -hmm. And it says, and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. In other words, we get to go out there and proclaim that God will make enemies friends, Mm -hmm. that God will make far offs near. Right. And then he says, that's what he gave us, the ministry to go tell this. That is then God Christ reconciled the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. How by not holding the beef in place, the thing that caused us to be divided is now removed. Once you remove that, then there's nothing between us, but at least there's nothing separating us. The only thing separating us is we're not together. So reconciliation is forgiveness is remove what the debt is out the way. Reconciliation is close the gap. He reconciled us to himself, not counting their sins against them entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. Shout out God making his appeal to us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Five times just in these verses, you see something about reconciliation or reconcile. That's the point of this passage. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And the point is that God reconciles us and he's given us a ministry to be reconciled to one another and to tell the world that they can be reconciled. So how do we have credibility if we can't be reconciled among ourselves? What's the proof? We were talking, you know, at another podcast, you were talking about, man, you, you, you give the gospel. But what's the proof that you can? Um, The proof that you know the gospel you speak is that you live the gospel you speak, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what the gospel does, its effects. So I sell that to say that I think that what the world shows you is the bottom of the barrel, that money can be the impetus for reconciliation. But for some of them, the money doesn't seem to be the impetus. It was they seem to prefer their togetherness over their separateness. And I think they sell it to their fans because their fans want their togetherness rather than their separateness. Mm. And what I'm suggesting is where is that inclination um, so, within our, where's that stories, where are the stories? And then where's the inclination to publicize it because that is your deep joy. But because could, that's there,
0: what people could there be stories and they're yeah, just not I, absolutely. Like,
1: these are stories, and we do know about them. That's also my point. Yes, I'm sure there are stories. I'm So you got you have any? You have any classic stories that become teachable moments for the culture? Because you remember, the only reason why we know these things is because these people are the people everyone is sort of looking at. Right. And again, the church is who everyone is looking at the church. So what I'm saying yeah, is, think, where I, are the stories? Even if I don't know about them, where are they? And I'm not talking about random anybody, like... Oh, yeah, I know this guy at this church that, like, I'm talking about, we all live on a certain, we live in a certain sphere where people know the same people. They know what's going on. they are people who know more about you than people who may go to your church because they're, they're tuned into you because you're a public figure. Mm-hmm. You're a figure who's lived on the platform. What I'm saying is among the platform figures where the reconciliation could could speak volumes to to large groups of people. I'm asking, where are they? Where are our parallels? Who are the Jay-Z's and the Nas' and the Drake's and the Meek Mill's of the Christian, and I'm not just talking about Christian hip-hop, I'm talking about the young, er, the urban scene. It could be the pastors, it could be the preachers, it could be the rappers, it could be who, who, the scholars. Where are the, the great hmm. reconciliation Stories? Do you do you have any? That's
0: the question. I just think it's a tough. That's a tough question. Because it almost like one says, "Well, there's been these people who are public, who decided to publicize." And then when we say, "Well, where are the ones?" Like it almost like it supposes that if there are any, then you they need to it? have post. We need I, to have public. Yeah, but I'm just saying. But like, Based on if what? somebody's listening right now, they may be saying like, "What? What?" Yeah, right. What? So
1: yeah, I, like, they don't have to agree with me.
0: No, it's not an agreement. It's like, wait, where is he talking about? Like, so if you say, well, "Where is that in our society?"
1: sphere. Yeah, in tried. our sphere? Yeah, right. our sphere. Right. yeah.
0: Somebody might be watching, saying, "Well, wait. Well, where are the ones that should be publicized? Are you saying there's ones in that should any... be
1: publicized that aren't?" What I'm suggesting is there are, yeah, I think so. I think people can look at the lives and look at the gap, look at the difference, the distance, look at the rifts, look at the fact that, again, we go back to the days. We keep going back to in early 2000 to 2004, there was a camaraderie around people who had the same goals, some of the same partnerships, same networks. Mm. They were together. So if you were to look at our lives and the togetherness, And then you look at where that togetherness ceased to be. Now somebody could just assume, oh no, I just assume that geographically you all. But there are people who know. No, philosophies have changed, emphasis have changed, affections have changed. And all I'm saying is, I'm jealous because such is the case in the secular realm. In the secular realm, people who have who used to be one fell fell out. And everyone lamented that because everybody kind of wishes that like oneness, reconciliation is more glorious than alienation and separation. Mm-hmm. And then but they not only got back. My point is they got back and they decided, let me show you that we're together again. Um, J. Cole publicized. Several um, meetings with some of the younger guys that he was having because he was putting it like he basically came at their neck and his rhymes and they were coming But then he publicized him sitting down and talking about it and now they again They 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 have a more cordial relationship. All I'm saying is do we have any? Hmm. Are there any I mean again at the that become public news because we publicized it
0: Uh I don't know if it would be in the way that you would think or say, but I think the the one obvious one is the fact that you and I are sitting here together. Like yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't know mm-hmm. the, the deep rift mm-hmm. that came between you and I mm-hmm. to the point where, I don't know if it was public, but that we didn't speak to each other for about two years. Right. And eventually, by the Lord's yeah. grace, um, our love for Him, our understanding of the commandments of Mm -hmm. Scripture to Mm -hmm. be reconciled. Mm -hmm. We came together and talked through our issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an exchange of forgiveness, Mm -hmm. Um, and here we sit now, Mm -hmm. I think, as a display of what's Mm -hmm. possible. You know, it's so funny, man. Sometimes people don't even want it, dudes. You know there's people who, when this happened, stood in my face and basically said it ain't real, mm-hmm. like they don't know the behind the scenes, they don't know the talks, they don't know nothing they just like it ain't it can't be real because of the way y'all are or whatever like they don't even want reconciliation, and I know that I know that to be a fact that from people that are in the church actually mm-hmm. so but uh just by way of example, I would say, and probably more than people know like Ours was deep, deep, deep. We both, you know, had strong feelings and strong understandings Mm -hmm. in light of, you know, kind of just our take on some Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, But I think it does show off the glory of God that it's possible for everybody. Like whatever the scripture commands us to do by his spirit, it is possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that that would be one example. Definitely,
1: that definitely is one. Um, That definitely is one. Um, I'm going to speak a little more strongly Mm -hmm. in this one. I'm trying to figure out where the credibility is. So let's just say people don't know the extent of the rift. Where are the people who know the rift? Our rift? No, not us. I'm just talking about the various rifts. See, I always go back to times when... When I thought about certain names together, it was a relationship of not only a harmony but affection. So, I, like you know, there are, I can I can right now I can brainstorm about ten couples, like ten pairs of relationships that if I were to go back twelve years ago, th- those names in the same like next to each other we're not just people but the 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 names together were marked by it could be the the most thin line the most thinnest line of affection but it was affection nonetheless Hmm. it was harmony it was affection there was you could text them and they would text you back and you could plot to do something for the lord jesus and the heart would leap for yes this makes sense because this relationship and none of the relationships are biological so they all were predicated on gospel and a commonness in jesus mm. so that's that's what i'm saying i'm saying that if you go back now i'm of the i'm of the impression that true relationships don't depreciate they appreciate mm. i don't see anywhere in the scriptures where people say that Where you know well some relationships are just for a season i don't see that in the scriptures mm. Like, that's a good thing. You know, I don't see that. So the Bible says use unrighteous wealth (laughs) or righteous man to make friends who will welcome you in eternal dwellings. I think the relationships actually appreciate into eternity. That doesn't mean that you always have the same proximity or opportunity to actually invest or be very conscious of it. But you certainly don't have what's known to be a depreciating or diminishing affection, a diminishing And so when I think about those relationships and the cavalierness, like, you know, again, that's why I use the fact that they themselves publicize it. They could have just off the record, dapped up, you know, they could have just dapped up off the record, but they didn't. They did that and then publicized it. And then everyone could have just been excited who heard about it. But the media was eager to report on it because the media is telling the whole community of urban or hip-hop, you know. Listen, these people who you know did not like each other as much, now have reconciled and they want people to know because he brought him out at his show. Mm -hmm. Again, Drake brought Meek Mill out at his his concert in Toronto, you see what I'm saying? Mm. And then Meek Mill was shouting out again, I want him on my album and he, and he when he went on his circuit telling people he said hey Drake's on my album hmm. again we realized that we're brothers um so what I'm saying is that this makes me jealous because I know too many relationships that 12 from 12 years ago till now they've depreciated they haven't appreciated
0: relationships that you've had I'm just making sure I'm clear But see, it's
1: not just me it's so I'm thinking You looking at I'm other, thinking of are you me, looking at
0: relationships between other people, between other people?
1: But again, people who they represent for this, for our tribe, a, a list of names and a affiliation that has been recognized by others as a togetherness wrought by God. So, again, it's it's again, like it's like the it's not just Dipset that knew that like anybody knew, man. Jay and Cameron don't mess around. Again, we, in other words, what I'm talking about is my th- surveying the scene at large. And so whether it be pastor to pastor or you know, institution to institution, whether mm-hmm. it be rapper to pastor, pastor to rapper, rapper to rapper, pastor to pastor, pastor to mentor, mentor to uh, business owner. In other words, I'm looking at the whole matrix of relationships. And what I'm saying is I know too many Now, again, this could be what most people say. The original relationship never was really a relationship. Hmm. So that could just prove it never was a relationship. Back then, it was just a hodgepodge of people running into each other and getting excited that they were running into each other. And everybody was really just like saying that they're in relationship or saying that we're friends or saying that they know each other. Again, not just people with me I'm talking about all over the place I know this all over the place mm. it could be that none of it was real mm. and it just got exposed over time mm. so I'm willing to concede that but it also can be where there's some that I think no they are the classic examples we see in the Bible of people whose relationship are brought together by the gospel, but that has to be maintained. The Bible says that we ought to strive to to preserve the unity of faith and the bond of peace. There is something you have to work at, yeah. and it usually happens when there's friction, something happens. Paul writes the whole letter to the Philippians. One of the reasons why he writes the letter to the Philippians is to tell in chapter 4, and Syntyche, to agree but he doesn't say you all need to agree he says to the Philippians help them to agree Mm. since they used to be side by side with me on the the mission field help them to get it right Mm. you see what I'm saying in chapter 127 he says only this only live worthy of the gospel so I will whether I hear about it or I come and see you you'll be side by side for the gospel Mm. you see that's what the gospel is and so what I'm suggesting is that the Bible not only gives us the commandment to be about reconciliation in terms of preaching it, but modeling it. And we see that Paul, the Bible it's no wonder that the Holy spirit gives us the rift between Paul Barnabas and John Mark, mm-hmm. and then tells us that Paul later on spoke highly of Barnabas mm-hmm. and John Mark, he says is useful for ministry. So we see that there it didn't remain like separated. The scriptures tells us that that was Mended. We hear that in Galatians 2, Paul had to put Peter on blast, but we also hear him, uh, Peter, like big Paul up and say, hey, some of the things, basically, Peter writes, Paul oh, yeah, Paul, Paul writes scripture and some of the things he says are difficult, but, you know, he talks about him hmm. favorably. Um, Philippians, the whole letter to Philippians is written because Onesimus, the runaway slave, did uh, philemon the slave owner dirty Hmm. but paul doesn't say but i just want to let you know that he's doing better now sorry things didn't work out you know no he sends him back and writes a whole letter that becomes part of inspired scripture Hmm. and he says all this is to say welcome him the whole letter you know, there's only four imperatives. only four things that, he, that he's supposed to do, that Philemon is supposed to do. The first one doesn't come to chapter verse 17. The first one is welcome him. It's the same word that's used in Romans chapter 15, 14 where it says that God has welcomed him. Like, don't judge your, your brother bec- according to things that are not judgeable. He says, because God has welcomed him. God has received him. Hmm. He says, welcome him. Whole letter written to say, welcome, Onesimus. Don't just Let bygones be bygones. Don't just let the relationship be one that doesn't bring any glory to God. Mm -hmm. But, like, this is the ministry of reconciliation. You know, mending, preserving, going back, wrestling, tussling, forgiving, coming back, writing a letter and leaning, advocating, telling them, help them do it. This is me, man. I'm like, where is it? Where is it? That's... That's our calling card. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, that's all I'm saying. This, is, this is something that's heavy on my heart. But I think it has practical. I think it has practical implications because we're now in a time where now black and white. So mm. culturally,
0: right. black
1: and white are at odds with one another. Black Christians against white Christians. White Christians and black Christians. So the question on the floor is not only in our little sphere, our little tribe, where are, the, where are the, the reconciliation accounts that we're pleased to put on display? And if they're out there again, I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying they're not public news. They're not the, the corporate rejoicing that we see. It's almost like in Luke 15, every time that which was lost was brought back into the fold. The one coin was brought back to be with the other coins. It ends with, and he called to his friends and said, rejoice with me. And then the lost sheep, and he goes off and he brings the one and brings it back to the 99. And once the one is back with the 99, he says, rejoice with me. And then the son comes back, the lost sheep, lost coin, lost lost sheep, lost son. And then he brings it back and um, he says, hey, let's party. rejoicing like bringing the corporate community to celebrate that which has been brought back together is always the last step in the reconciliation Um, and so now here we are that's the gospel so now we look at a culture that's to me more divided white Christians more divided than they used to be white and black Christians Mm -hmm. if you go back again 12 years ago white and black Christians were coming together they were they were planting churches together they were again loving one another, eating with one another, going to one another's churches twelve years later we're in a we're in a different place right now, right. Mm-hmm. What is the remedy? What is the remedy? What does the church say to the to the United States of America, which has always been marked by deep segregation and trying to overcome it mm-hmm. so that's why I think this is more than just oh, the professors you know oh, he's still hurt. There's some of his friends that, you know, he can't seem to, you know, or, oh, the professor's talking about, because most people will not hear that I'm saying, no, this is not just me. Like, I'm talking about abroad. like What I see broadly, relationships galore in almost every direction.
0: This struggle with whites and blacks as Christians supposed to be unified in Christ, there's really a, a outward call
1: to separate I'm not going to say his name, but there was one time I was reading in this one book and the person articulated that the gospel is inherently about reconciliation. Hmm. And the person, um, I mean, I was like almost like the first stop, you know, and the person was basically saying that society, that America, the society right now, Needs to understand that the gospel do, like can and, and 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 demands that reconciliation take place. So, in other words, don't allow segregation to remain. And so, um, the um, so the person basically started saying, yeah, you know," and they used this this passage, the Second Corinthians five, the eighteen, that he gave us a ministry of reconciliation, that he reconciled, and said that God, in spite of In spite of our sin, in spite of our troubles, in spite of our shortcomings, reconciled us. Affirm makes does a brilliantly articulates that. And then. Provides an anecdote. And his anecdote was about a reconciliation that God wanted him to do. And he began to write this anecdote about a reconciliation that God wanted him to do which was in support of the fact that God has reconciled us. So your your theological point is God and the gospel reconciles. It's powerful enough to reconcile enemies. It's powerful enough to reconcile enemies by one person forgiving the other because he said in spite of our sin, in spite of our this and in spite of our that God did it. Right? We would say he didn't just make us reconcilable, he reconciled us, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't just make us savable. He saved us. Right. So we so. But then he tells a story about a reconciliation that did not work like an unsuccessful reconciliation. And then said, but I did my part. So God released me and then went on to say, so America needs to realize. And they begin to try to tell America what they need to do in order to successfully reconcile. But I thought to myself, Hmm. why would you use a story of a reconciliation that didn't work as your chief story to be able to tell America what it should do to achieve a reconciliation that's needed? In what way did he say it didn't work? He said that. He said reconciliation didn't happen, but I did my part. Didn't happen. Hmm. Didn't happen. But again, if if you heard the way he told the story, it was like, basically he did right, so you're, you're led to believe that the other person did not cooperate. But my thing is, why use that as an analogy? Because what happens when America claims, well, we tried to reconcile you, we tried to get rid of segregation, we tried to bring equality, but basically, but you're not acting right, or y'all are always are complaining, or y'all don't, you know. You bring up a good point, because I think a lot of people watching this would
0: ask that question, like, um, do you believe there's cases where it didn't work? Or it does have somebody say, yeah, well, it didn't work. I did everything I could and it didn't work. Or whatever work means. Sometimes that's, I think that's the loaded word. Like, what does work mean? Does work mean... Because usually it's two sides at odds. Does work mean I got one side to agree with the same way that I say it or see it or whatever, or the other side agree to, Like, I'm sure there's millions of people out here, hopefully millions watching, <laughs> that would maybe say they, they've experienced something like that where it's like, I tried to reconcile and it didn't work. You're saying, you're just saying, no, that's possible. But why would somebody writing a book on reconciliation or a passage or whatever, a chapter on reconciliation use an example of when it didn't work? Use an example where it did work, especially
1: as to support. God America. did it. Oh, God, okay. God, God reconciles. Uh, uh, uh. The gospel is powerful enough to reconcile people who don't participate rightly. In other mm. words, the story of Second Corinthians is not that God reconciled people who made themselves reconcilable right. or who who participated rightly. Mm. It says that God was in Christ reconciling us, not counting their trespasses against them, and then. Sandwiched between that is the, but the reconciliation I was called to do didn't work.
0: Hmm.
1: Then it was, so America needs to reconcile and to do like participate rightly to reconcile. Hmm. But what if America says, we tried? Just like that person is saying, I tried, the other person didn't do it. Okay, so that was the God, you haven't shown how the gospel is going to help in America. That you have no reason to believe that America is going to be reconciled if it requires America acting right. You see what I'm saying? Hmm. Especially when your example is God who did it for sinners who didn't act right. In other words, it doesn't. To me, it just doesn't parallel. But did
0: it say that? Did it say, and it didn't work because? The well, that's the implication. Didn't act right?
1: The, the, the implication is again, without like without going too much okay. in detail, yeah, yeah. you have to read the way the narrative is. Basically, I tried to I w- I went to reconcile, but it didn't happen. So, what are you left to think? Hmm. If you were trying, that a person is supposed to think something was wrong with the other party. Okay, that might be a true story. Right the problem is it makes for a bad illustration of both what God has done so it doesn't illustrate what God has done at all right because the story about what God has done is that what God did God did it didn't depend on anyone else Hmm. he went and did not count their trespasses against them and reconciled them brought them near so again this bringing you near this Changing your position from enemy to friend. This you're not allowed at the table. To you're at the table. You're not allowed in. You're now allowed in. Well, same thing with America. You know, I, mean, I don't want to like. I don't want to get too lost on it. I just wanted to say that. Everyone says that again. I just think that everyone sure. blames a broken relationship on the other person. Everyone does that. You know, when marriages don't work out, very seldom this someone sort of say, "Well, it was me." You know, very seldom I'm saying, you know, usually it's, well, it was her or it was him or, you know, so it's always the other person. Mm -hmm. And all I'm saying is reconciliation says, but where's the glory? Again, um, when Paul wrote to Philemon, Paul says, I could tell you what to do, but for love's sake, I appeal to you on behalf of Onesimus. In other words, for love's sake. And he says, and this is my prayer. I love the way Onesimus um, is addressed. I mean, the way Paul does it. He says, word on the street is you've been known to refresh the saints. Word is on the street. You've been known to be the kind of person I'm about to ask you to be right now. But he laces him with all of that love and then says, so now be what you normally are with Onesimus. And maybe he had to do that because it was hard for Philemon to do to Onesimus what he had been known to do for the church. Because Onesimus was his slave and Onesimus was a slave that did him wrong. And so, but he, he wrote that and he said, do it for love's sake. Do it for love's sake. And, you know, if you look at the context, do it because the gospel that is at its core a gospel of love gains credibility as the church comes together to help. That's another thing. The letter of Philemon is written not just to Philemon. It says to Philemon, to Apphia, to Archippus, and the church that meets in your house. Yet the whole letter is about two people, Philemon and Onesimus. Mm. And so here, why do you address it to the whole church? Because I think just like in Philippians, help them mm. fan this into flame. So in other words, our reconciliation should be the heartbeat of a a body. And I don't think it always means because we've been living so long outside of the local church, because we've actually gone back to the local church being where we expect things to happen. Mm -hmm. But we live for decades doing things not just at your local church, but also on this parallel track of, Mm -hmm. again, it's the scattered church Mm -hmm. i'm meeting these relationships as i'm part of uh, as i'm on the scattered church mission Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times people get out of you know doing these things well you know that's why i go to my pastor well for so long we were going like you had pastors surrogate pastors you had pastors in addition to your pastor Mm -hmm. right you had you had brothers who weren't part of your actual church so don't act like you know everything now can be done within your local church it's never been able to just be at one's own local church Mm. because we are not a society that's glued to the geographics like that i think we do need greater church accountability and we do need to be loyal to our specific local communities but just know there needs to be help that you get from the full range of what's in god's arsenal Mm. and that includes others who know you better sometimes people know you better than like you you know me better than people at my church right now Mm -hmm. there are times when so there are times when I can't like I can hide from my church but I can't hide from you so I can't there's no boast in well I went to my local church yeah because they didn't really know you like that but he did. The other issue too is unfortunately again always
0: seems like it's finger pointing and I hope that it's not that an encouragement sometimes I don't think even the churches are set up properly either to help oh correct. like the idea that you know it's not just about church discipline but about um polity yeah or government right Pology. like set up mm-hmm. in a way to really be able to aid and like you said help them help them do this like right usually it's it's not even structured in a way to to do that properly.
1: Um, but like I said, I think hip-hop's examples of reconciliation are the lesser example. But mm-hmm. the church is being called to the greater. But bo- I don't believe we even have the lesser examples. Mm-hmm. Or... I'm just saying that it doesn't seem like and now that the black and white are at odds with one another often on Twitter and on, you know, social media so that it's publicized. Our riffs are more public than our unity yeah. and our riffs are more public than our unity. But our and our reconciliations are less public than our separations. Our separations become front page exodus. Quiet exodus, blacks are leaving, whites don't this, right? There's never blacks and whites that wear each other's throats come together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. When's the last time the, the reconciliation? And not just that racial, but a theological, missiological um, affection together. Like, is that who would write a letter? We love each other again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we do something together, that's that's noseworthy, but just the we love each other again. Like, there's no rift between us. We fellowship together. We commend each other. Most people will know. You got
0: something to say? I was just going to say, you know, even in hearing this, I think this was good. Maybe even at least this can be an admonishment, an encouraging admonishment to the body of Christ to Mm -hmm. be more um, in line and in
1: step with Mm
0: -hmm what um what the gospel calls us to so yeah
1: Yeah. we i do believe that our christianity um because of the absence of the local church in the so, so i think there was an absence of the local church in for some of us in our formation our spiritual formation like we were formed by almost like i believe spiritual latchkey kids almost So
0: it was a lack of what
1: a lack of the church's role Like in the formation. In other words, it's almost like a spiritual latchkey kid, Mm -hmm. where really so many people were self-raised, even though they had a church. True, true. So it's almost like having parents, but the TV teaches you everything, Mm -hmm. because your parents are always, like, MIA, and you just look, you know. So you learn from watching the TV, or Mm -hmm. you learn from going to school. But you have parents, but they're not really those kids who their parents don't teach them so they get it where they can get it you know i think people went to church uh and then some people but their spiritual formation was um was really developed outside the church you know, mm-hmm. or outside their church in particular. Right, right. You know, how many people come you know used to come up to us and say, Man, you all have like been our pastors? Mm. You know? We say, Oh no, no, we don't we can't replace yeah, your pastor. Right. No, it's just that we like you're introducing us to things that our pastor doesn't even you know. So oftentimes it's um people have sort of put themselves together outside the church. Mm. Well, in doing that, I think it's produced um You know some dysfunction that we all have to work through Mm. um and so again like i'm saying i'm uh, i'm just longing for our reconciliation which is at the core of the gospel to become news again Mm. so that the reconciliation doesn't just happen under the cloak of night Mm. even doesn't just stay Quiet between two people. Again, Philippians written to the whole church Mm. to say, celebrate or Philemon, excuse me, Philemon written to the whole church. I'm going to tell you what I'm telling these two, because this will be a church issue. Mm. It will be a church issue to help them. It'll be a church issue to publicize it. Mm-hmm. Philippians, I'm writing this to remind you of the gospel just so in chapter four, I can say now help these two ladies. Again, I just wish that we had help mm-hmm. and we were so. Enthusiastic about these mendings again. Think about the list you could make up of former partners in ministry who today probably would never. Now, again, if you press somebody, they may not dislike you. It goes back to that other quote. We're not Protestants. We're just (laughs) non-Catholics. Remember? Mm -hmm. We're not Protestant. We're just non-Catholics. Well, We're not protesting. We're just not Catholics anymore. Well, same thing. It's like, oh, we're not like, we're not enemies. We're just not friends. (laughs) Or we're not in relationship. We're just not against the relationship. See, it just, it's, it, the bar is too low mm. for what the glory of the gospel seems to urge. And because we all live in a similar sphere, this sphere of urban, again, on this side of the hip hop fault line, it's these young 40-something-year-old that are pastors, 30-something-year-olds that are pastors, sometimes even a 20-something-year-old that are these pastors. Mm. And so it's like, what? Like you all kind of know through social media and through um, the the platform era, you kind of know the people that know the people. You've seen them in the same pictures. What if you found out that there's a rift or there's a gap? Even if the gap is not hostility, it's just indifference. Either way, relationships based on the gospel appreciate, they don't depreciate. They're not nothing, they're something. (laughs) Hmm. They're newsworthy. Um, Paul said in Philippians earlier, he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you. He talked about yearning for them with the affection of Christ. He says, it's right for me to yearn, I mean, to feel this way about you uh, because I have you in my heart because you stood with me. In other words, when you've been doing the same thing or people have been bringing you out to the same church, the same conference, the same this, the same that, you would think that if providence put you together, that that relationship and that ministry partnership would eventually crystallize into something authentic. Mm. Again, all things considered, we, you know. Um, and so, I'm gonna um, as we get ready to close, I wanna just refer to um, the classic case with Whitfield, uh, George Whitfield. I know a lot of people don't like him anymore, but <laughs> reconcile with him. <laughs> Whitfield and Wesley, John Wesley, they were, they so they met together and they were. Uh, Whitfield was actually, um, uh, Whitfield was actually impressed with the Wesleys. He was actually impacted by them, even though he knew they had a slightly different view on predestination and election. Uh, the Wesleys were Arminians and. Uh, Whitfield was a Calvinist and but at one time they thought those two would sort of go together so they really really um, they really had a great partnership and a great ministry but it wasn't long before their their difference in those doctrines made them again sort of had have conflict and they had conflict throughout their lives they would separate they they preach sermons sort of you know re, um, sort of battling each other's view of forth. doctrine and yeah back and forth and uh, there were times when they wouldn't preach with each other the other times they would and throughout their, throughout their relationship they were known to be at opposite ends of the spectrum on these doctrinal pieces mm-hmm. but they were also known to several times you know partner with one another
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, but at the end of their life someone came up to Wesley she said Wesley do you think you're going to see Whitfield because Whitfield died so Mm. Whitfield died so she went up to to Wesley who again who had written many things in opposition to Whitfield's doctrine on certain points Um, they said do you think you're going to see Whitfield in heaven he said no the lady looked down and said I was afraid you were going to say that and he said don't misunderstand me madam the good um, I'm going to read it George Whitfield was so bright a star in the firmament of God's glory and will stand so near the throne that one like me who am less than the least will never catch a glimpse of him so this is a person he had strife with separation from they would do things together they wouldn't they would but but they recognized each other and throughout their life, they still would engage with one another. So it wasn't they didn't mess with each other. But then at the funeral, he says nice things. No, it was always both the conflict, but the continuance in their lives. Mm-hmm. But at the end, he's able to say about Whitfield, he's too he was too holy. He'll be closer to the throne.
0: Greater than me.
1: Greater than me. That's mm-hmm. Wesley, right? Mm-hmm. And then Whitfield said about Wesley toward the end of his life, toward the end of Whitfield's life, the good Mr. John Wesley has done in America the inexpressible. His name is very precious among the people and he has laid a foundation that I hope neither men nor devils will ever be able to shake. Mm. Um, He called him the honorable John Wesley. Mm. Um,
0: was the Whitfield um, footnote an issue of slavery when you said people don't like Whitfield today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. They have, they have a trouble with Whitfield. Um, basically, when Georgia was ready to They had abolished slavery. Whitfield was one of the chief proponents Mm -hmm. to sort of advocate for them to reinstate it. So, yeah, problematic. Problematic. Mm -hmm. (laughs) See, all of that to say, where's that? Where's that? We disagree, but we keep pressing. We disagree, but we continue. Mm -hmm. And at the end, we don't just say nice things at the funeral because, well, now we'll never have to really walk it, but Mm -hmm. because that's how we lived our lives. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to recommend a book it's actually written by a good friend of ours Dahadi Lewis yeah. This is his latest book it's actually called Advocates, The Narrow Path to Racial Reconciliation and he actually uses the idea of or goes through Philemon yeah. and uh, so he references that and this is a great book we can commend on this idea of like really using, being an advocate, getting in between people who don't have it together and doing what Paul uh, told the Philippians. Help people to get it together, how we can help. And so advocates, great resource, will be something that you might want to check out. And um, nice, concise. And Dahadi is actually walking it. He hmm. is actually living it out. What up, the Blue, hottie? Blueprint Church. You catch this. So. Right Amen. Yeah. Stories so. for the road? Got a story? From the road? Hmm. On the road or anywhere else? Hmm. Puma? What did we tell that already? he says we didn't tell it so he can make sure so, so forget what so city
0: we were in I think we were in uh, Wisconsin, Milwaukee
1: <laughs>
0: went to an in store where we were signing CDs in a bookstore people were coming in a line was coming in and going in front of our table or whatever <clears throat> so this young lady stopped at my where I was signing and she took this pendant off and gave it to me and i'm looking at it and she like you don't know what that is and i'm looking like she like you don't know what that is like getting all like you know young black girl and i'm like no but then she got like almost like what did it look like well i'll tell you in a second but she's like You know, start to like, almost like I can't believe, like I didn't dig, I can't believe you don't know what this is. Right. (laughs) And she was like, after again, I'm still baffled, she like, it's the Lion of Judah! (laughs) And I look, it's a puma. It's not even a lion, like it don't look like a lion. It was a puma like pinned it <laughs> and I just thought that was hilarious only because she got so indignant, indignant about it like, right and big up to you, you I'm sure you're not a young lady anymore but uh, that, that was a, a oh funny my. story you didn't tell her though you just kept it going like oh did I man. tell her I think I leaned over to y'all
1: like because I couldn't believe it but I don't think I did well listen but, I have a story that's similar because really what you're getting at is people thought is you're a spiritual man you have spiritual insight is this so the bullet we yeah <laughs> uh, we were at that one church we were at one church and um, somebody gave me a keychain and it had what looked like it looked like a it looked like a bullet but it looked more like a big tablet like a big pill like a large like tylenol gel so the guy handed it to me. It was nice and br- brass, you know. I'm like, oh man. So he, so I was about to just it man, thanks. You know, people just give you things. It's their way of just, you know, yeah. connecting with you in the ministry. They got real he love. Said, yeah, he said, here, man. I said, oh man, all right. That's what's up. Keychain looked nice. Like, he said, he said like, look. He said, open it. I said, open it. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. I didn't know, so I looked at it. I said, oh, you can screw. So I screwed it open, and a little. Little bottle of oil was in it. I said, hmm. He said, I said, oh, okay, what's this? Like, what's this? He said, You don't know what that is? I said, What? Nah, what is it? But he had that look, that same look, like, I can't believe you're a spiritual man. That's anointing oil. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, my fault," and I just put it back, screwed it up. I never used the anointing. Never oil, used it. But why?
0: Somebody might say, fa- "What's wrong with you? You're not spiritual. Why would you don't use oil? You don't anoint?" The Holy Spirit is the anointing. <laughs> <laughs> so since we're nope. talking about getting stuff, one more, and I'm gonna tell a story from Brady, fanatic. We're somewhere. I think it might have been a similar bookstore somewhere. Young lady comes up to him and hands him a brand new green washcloth. Oh. You remember this? Still had the tag on and everything. (laughs) Same thing like me and you just did. He's like, hey, what am I? I need to wash? What is this? She said, as long as you keep that, you'll never want for another dollar in your life. You're gonna be rich. Keep that green washcloth. The Lord told me to give that to you. <laughs> and again, we're not here to make fun of it. We this is just light moments. We should be able to laugh at ourselves. Um, but wait, at the did end he, of the day, did he keep it? Has he? Has he ever wanted? You see, he got a house now. <laughs> now, nah. uh, I don't Amen. know what he did with that. But yeah, so again, we uh, we appreciate people's love for us and. The, all the gifts they've given, um, and even the hearts and the spirits that they've given them in, even if sometimes maybe in a little different—maybe that's a good word—but uh, God bless Absolutely. everybody who ever gave us something. Benny, appreciate y'all. Benny, ah, uh, who? You got it? You? I did. Man, Lord. Unto the God who is able to reconcile wretched, wicked sinners unto himself to um, cause enemies to be grafted in to his family. Uh, We pray that it be so with us as well, that we be representatives of the God of heaven, that even when the world looks on, that they would know we belong to you because of the love we've shown one another. Because we're like you. We forgive. We reconcile. Let that be the case with us. Let um, I pray that this podcast be a an alarm, a wake-up moment for the church everywhere, whoever sees disbelievers everywhere, and that in it all, you might get the glory, the honor, the power, the dominion is yours, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.